Hey everybody, welcome to Ask a Catholic Dude. I am that Catholic dude. Name is Nick. Uh, thanks for tuning in on this uh, beautiful Sunday, and uh, wish a happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Hope you're enjoying your day. Um, I got off to a good start. Went to mass this morning. Uh, still, still feast of Corpus Christi technically today. Uh, so happy Corpus Christi again. Uh, we had a awesome uh, and beautiful uh, Eucharistic uh, Eucharistic uh, procession outside of church after after mass today. We walked through through town couple of blocks had a firefighter and police presence it was pretty awesome uh you know a lot of people actually in attendance so it was a great thing to do uh, a great way to uh witness to our faith um but i want to get right into it today um we have a guest today and we are uh, utilizing the interview feature uh for the first time here so we're gonna give this a shot see how it goes uh i have with me uh kurt smock uh of the real kurt smock here on anchor fm so please be sure to uh give his uh anchor fm channel a listen but uh welcome to the show kurt hey thanks a lot for having me glad that we're able to get together yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, if, if you guys have been listening the past you know, couple of days, Kurt had uh, called in uh, a day or two ago. We were asking some questions about, you know, answering some of his questions about, you know, church unity and, uh, you know, uh, kind of stemming off of some earlier conversations that that were had. Um, and so, you know, we thought it'd be good to bring Kurt on. And yeah, I mean, I, like like I, like the show says, I'm I'm the Catholic dude. I'm here, uh, and I'd, I'd love to, you know, go deeper in any questions or concerns you might have, Kurt. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, yeah, just as a backdrop to the context, essentially, you know, uh, we were talking about the idea of um, doctrinal differences between, I think it was the Eastern and the Roman Catholic churches, if I remember correctly, and how the, the yeah, really Eastern. as many as people would think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, we definitely have. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. There's, there's a, still a delay between us. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, there, there might be a short delay, so apologize to anybody listening uh, beforehand. Um, no, I was just going to say, yeah, we, we, we were talking about the differences between you know the Eastern Orthodox churches and and the Catholic churches and stuff, and uh, yeah, it was a pretty good, pretty good uh, kind of back and forth I had with another listener, and then from uh, from what you had said, Kurt. Um, so I'll, I'll let you continue on before I <laughs> step over you again. No, that's that's fine. Yeah, it's a uh, it's the whole voiceover IP thing. It's going to be something to adapt to. At any rate, though, um, mm-hmm. I guess my first question there is uh, when it comes to doctrine of the you know the correct doctrine versus unity of the church. Is there one in in your thinking? that is, like, preeminent over the other. I mean, obviously you want them to walk hand in hand, but if one thing is truer than anything for, say, the Protestant church, is that there's been division after division after division, and now we have all of these Protestant denominations all across the board. And in in my county where I live, many of them won't even speak to one another because of the fact that, I'm a Presbyterian, he's a Lutheran, or whatever the case may be. Oh. So it's created massive division in my experience. And I was just wondering, is there uh, one or the other that would be preeminent over the other? Um, that, that, that's, that's a great question, and I'm sorry to hear about, you know, that, that you said that, that division is in your own family, you said, where, where people aren't talking to over. Did I hear you, did I hear you right on that? 
Yeah, I mean, both within the family, but also in between uh, pastoral leadership. Like in, I live in York County, Pennsylvania. Um, it's it's kind of okay. it's kind of old school, and so the denominational, the, the Protestant denominations, almost still kind of live out some of their old bitternesses towards each other, which caused them to split in the different mm. directions in the first place. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, obviously, I could say, you know, up front, my my. Uh, Thought is unity far supersedes doctrinal correctness. But that is, I mean, I really wanted to hear your thoughts because this is something I feel like you might have studied closer than I have, and plus getting it from a Catholic perspective. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I, like, I mean, I'm sorry to hear that, that that's, that's going on in your family and among people you know. I mean, that's just, I mean, frankly, it just sucks that, you know, that, 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 that the division has led to, you know, people you know, foregoing relationships with each other. Um, so, I mean, I do think that there is, like, one, you know, preeminent teaching, because I think I think it's when you look back to what Jesus says in the Gospels when he says, you know, I'm the truth, the way, and the life. And I think I, I, I brought this up a little bit uh, last time, but, like, he, he didn't say that he is, like, the true way, you know, two ways, um, of, of of following Christ, one way only. Well, then when you see, you know, all of the denominations, and then churches breaking from those churches, and then those churches breaking up into other churches, and then when it eventually gets into, you know, just one guy in his garage, you know, making up his own kind of interpretations of Scripture, you see that there's like a break here, and that now instead of there being just one way to Christ, there's there's lots of fragmented different ways to him. Um and, and, and that just can't be because if, if if Jesus is you know, if Jesus is God and he's he's all perfect, um one way I've heard it said is like let let's take up uh let's just like pick out one you know difference, you know, one doctrinal difference, uh the Eucharist. Um some Christians believe that the Eucharist, that, such as Catholics, the Orthodox, uh, even Lutherans too, um, believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, that Jesus is their body, blood, soul, and divinity. Whereas evangelical or Baptist or Reformed Christians believe that the Eucharist is only a symbol. So the one way it was put to me was, I bet Jesus and God, you know, God the Father, I bet they don't have a a multiplicity of uh, interpretations of this. They must only deem that one interpretation is true. Either the Eucharist is the body and blood of our Lord, or it is not, and it's just a symbol. Um, so you kind of see where I'm coming from with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that that touches on, I think, the core of that, uh, the the doctrinal division is that it is all predicated on that there is only one truth to these matters. It's not that everyone can be right, and I mean, there's no way that I think I think the danger might be that it seems like if there's only one truth, and in humans naturally experiencing different things, learning different things, and and having different thoughts. Right. I mean, obviously, we don't have one great group think. Everyone has their own independence. And as a result, you end up 
with a multiplicity of interpretations, especially when it comes to whether something is a symbol or if it's a, a, uh, or I, what would you say, not a symbol, I guess. I don't know what the opposite mm-hmm. of the word symbol is. <laughs> Reality, <laughs> that, I guess. But like even, yeah. Right, yeah. And it's like that. And then also there's the literal and, and figurative, you know, which is another thing that there's a lot of division yeah. on is that, you know, oh, is that supposed mm-hmm. to be a literal translation um, or are we talking metaphorical, you know, in, in court? And, but I think you're right in to say there absolutely can only be one way because Jesus doesn't have like three interpretations yeah. for how he meant, you know, for things to go. <laughs> but yeah, I ask, exactly. Know, I, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, I mean, I, I guess what what you're kind of asking, and, and tell me if I'm I'm off base or I'm, I'm incorrect. It's like you're saying what you what you're trying to figure it figure out is how do we discern and determine which of these multiple ways is the way of Christ? Is that what you're trying 100%. to figure out? That, well, and I don't know okay. that it's something that I've tried to figure out anymore, but it is a big question I have because I'd love to be able to figure it out if I could, but I just feel so lost that anyone can really find the only like, that truest of true. And the, the reason I say that is this, is for, just for a very short story, and then I'd love to hear your commentary on it. Uh, for months mm-hmm. I had uh, Mormons coming by my house weekly for Bible study. The young Mormon missionaries, as, mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with their with their shtick, but um, when you're 18, you go on mission, and when you go on mission, it's like going to college. Right. Only you're 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 getting a uh, your college degree is in door knocking 101, and so they knocked on my door and, and they you know invited them in because I invited them, <laughs> and and they sit down and and they really wanted me to get a revelation of Joseph Smith, and my experience with God in in my younger years was that the way God found me was that I was open to him. I had no bearing or understanding or, or, you know, logical rationale in order to say, well, this must be true. I just said, I don't know if it's true. God, if it's true, please let me know. And he did. And that was the way God really manifested himself in reality to me. And so I gave these Mormons this exact same opportunity. Now, you and I would probably not be surprised to realize that I did not get a revelation that Joseph Smith is the true prophet and that the Mormon church right. is the one true church. It didn't happen. But I was absolutely impressed and blown away by the depth of conviction of these young kids uh, that were trying to help me with genuine intent to really find truth. And I was like, my mm-hmm. goodness, if, if these guys – have a whole entire church, you know, predicated on this, like, ours is the only way. And yet I look mm-hmm. at them, I'm like, it's so not the way, bro. It's just not the way. How can yeah, we know yeah. which way is the way within ourselves? So that's really, you know, where it's coming from. Right. I, I totally hear you. And I've, I've had I've had a similar experience and, and with not Mormons, but with Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, and, like, great conversation with them and stuff. But, like, again, like, you know, they like Mormons, they can't, you know, it, it, it. You know, they don't profess that Jesus is God. Therefore, they, you know, they are really called them because you see their zeal and you see how dedicated they are to God. But, you know, kind of like how Saint Paul says, they see God through a mirror darkly, and I would argue they see very darkly through that mirror to not know that that Jesus is God. 
Um, so w- what I would say is uh, one one quote to consider um, that that comes to mind when you're saying all this. You know, like how you know we we can like we can both say that you know okay we've determined that. that Mormonism can't be true, you know, Jehovah's can't be true, but I know multiple ways what interpretation of Genesis is right. How do we know if it's seven literal days or if it's uh, over a long period of time? Um, in the 4th century, um, Saint, are you familiar with St. Augustine, Augustine of Hippo? Yes, I, I, I still haven't read through all of his stuff, which I have on my book list. Yes, okay. yes, I do yeah. Okay, his his body is I mean he has a big body of work. I mean I've 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 barely scratched the surface. Um but there's 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 one quote from him that um I think is especially pertinent to what, what we're we're trying to discern right now. Um he said in one of his sermons, he said if the Catholic Church did not declare that such and such was true then I would not believe in it. Then, then I would not believe that it's true. Um, he even went so far as to say that if I think the the, the more accurate, because I'm paraphrasing, the more accurate translation from the quote is, if the church did not say that scripture, the Catholic Church did not say that scripture was divinely inspired, then I would not believe in it. So what Saint Augustine is doing is making the church. The church that Christ founded in in the Gospels when he when he's talking to Peter, he's making the church that arbiter of knowing what is false and what is true. Um, because I mean, let's face it when when Paul was you know going you know across all of you know Asia Minor and everything and 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 interacting with people, the Galatians and the Colossians, those people didn't have you know, a Bible yet. They didn't have any way of knowing Christ except through what Paul and the other apostles and disciples were telling them. Um, we we didn't even have a complete... All the books of the Bible weren't even finished until the early 2nd century, and the Bible as itself was not compiled until uh, the late 4th century, I believe, uh, 393 at, at the Council of, uh, Car- the Councils of Carthage and Rome. Um, so the only way that people could know certain truths, what was true, what was not, was entrusting the people that were safeguarding that deposit of faith from, from the apostles. Um, that's why Christians, not just Catholics and Orthodox, but that's why when Christians recite the Nicene Creed, they say that the Church is one holy Catholic and apostolic, that they're passing on that unbroken line of tradition from the apostles, um, and that the Church, the Catholic Church, contains that, that charism, uh, C-H-A-R-I-S-M, that charism of infallibility in matters of doctrine and faith so that we can know if the Eucharist is a symbol or not, so that we can know um, that, you know, our sins are forgiven in, uh, in, in uh, the Sacrament of Reconciliation or that um, we need faith through good works to, you know, it, uh, receive salvation. So 
from what St. Augustine tells us, it's having that trust in not, not the church that, you know, Luther founded or Calvin or Joseph Smith founded. It's having that, that, that trust in Jesus' church. And when St. Augustine mentions the Catholic Church, well, then it becomes a matter of history. And that's when we, that, there's a great quote from uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman. He, he uh, recently said, I the century, to be deep in history is to be Protestant, a.k.a. non-Catholic. Um, one in the same with the Catholic Church that is around today. Um, we, we see that it mirrors, that, that what goes on that what goes on in the Catholic Church mirrors what happened in a first-century house church more than it would mirror what we might see at a Baptist or non-denominational church. Um, and then make that connection, that historical connection, then that's when we can put our faith in that same church that Augustine is talking about and realize that it's one and the same with the church that was founded on that one rock. Um, I know I went on for a while there, but is that, does that make, I mean, do you, do you understand a little bit what I'm saying there? Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent understand. And I think you, again, you, you bring up that primary uh, point, which is the, the factor of trust. And it's, you know, and when you have to, and it seems like what you're saying is that the, the real importance here is that we have a, tr- a church that we can put our trust in and that, as you said, the church is the arbiter of being able to divine the correct doctrine. Mm-hmm. Or I would say uh, the safeguard of truth. That's another title the church is offering, right. the safeguard of truth. Um, right. And, and, and the, the thing is that's difficult about the trust, although I, I agree entirely, again, I do agree, so it's not coming from a, a, a position of, of a, what would say, opposition, but if, if I were to be oppositional or play devil's advocate in this case, you know, you can look back through mm-hmm. time and see the many, many, many failings of the church, be it the Catholics or the Protestants or mm-hmm. otherwise. But the organizations that surround the idea, the, the idea of Christianity and Jesus' teaching, uh, there's been major failings, a lot of it from outside, uh, like, for example, in the, in the Middle Ages, where the state was meddling in the affairs of the church and it corrupted the church for a period of time. You know what I mean? Like, can we put the, can we mm-hmm. put all the responsibility on the church? Like, no, there was a lot of outside pressure and history is written by the winners and we can, mm-hmm. you know, make all kinds of discussion around that. But the, the, and there, again, if I were to the devil's advocate, though the Catholic church is the earliest church that was organized, um, there was the period of time between Jesus' death the time of the apostles, and then the Council of Nicaea and Constantine and so on. And, and the real question, mm-hmm. it, it, it is a matter of trust and belief, but is it, is it well-founded place, trust, and belief to trust St. Augustine? Can we trust the church 
Can we trust the Council of Nicaea? It was a group of guys, many of whom we don't even know were there. And can we eternally trust that what happened in that moment is forever? Um, and can we trust that they were the ones who had the correct knowledge in everything that they wrote? Mm-hmm. No, I, I I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, or you know, the position that you're 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 saying right now. Because um, I mean, that that is what faith is. Is you know, we we do have to put at some point you have to put trust in 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 somebody or something um and that, and i and, and for, for one of the first things that came to mind is like yeah like there's been a lot of atrocities committed by you know a lot of people in in many different churches including the catholic church um but it's important not to mix up infallibility in in matters of truth with impeccability um the the church has never or at least the members of the church, you know, have never claimed to be impeccable. Because um, remember, one-twelfth of the apostles betrayed Jesus, you know, and if the apostles are the first bishops, you know, one-twelfth of them were pretty bad. Um, so, like, like yeah. you know, like we, we see that, you know, as the church continues to grow, you know, there's, you know, since we all have free will, there's more opportunities to get, you know, kind of suck it, sucked into sin. Um, and, and then, you know, you saying about, you know, trusting, you know, those people at the Council of Nicaea and the other church fathers, um, you know, keep in mind, like, you know, when, when the Council of Nicaea was called, you know, we do have a list of some people that were there. I, I can't recall it off the top of my head, and I don't have a computer in front of me, but we do know certain bishops were there, like, uh, St. Athanasius, who was the Patriarch of Alexandra, actually St. Nicholas, you know, the, the, the prototype for Santa Claus, he was, uh, the Bishop of Myra, uh, which I believe is in modern-day Turkey, uh, he was there. Uh, he was actually there for those uh, those proceedings. Um, but when the Council of Nicaea was convoked, you know, it, it was convoked because of, you know, certain things that had come up, especially the, the Arian heresy, which is pretty much what Jehovah's Witnesses believe today, that, you know, Jesus was not divine. Um, and But there was other things discussed there, but what was solidified was what was already in practice. Um, so, like, one, like for, for example, I would encourage you to, uh, probably the best place to look for it, I mean, Google it first, but I think you can find it on the website catholic.com. Um, look up Justin Martyr's Apologia. Saint, are you familiar with St. Justin Martyr at all? Oh, yeah, 100%. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, look up his Apologia and see how he describes how Christians first met, you know, how, how they met at the agape meal, the, the, the Eucharist, which, which is, uh, literally, literally means Thanksgiving. And you'll see in how he describes the, the Eucharist, uh, with, you'll see that he's actually describing the Mass, and the basic form of the Mass hasn't changed since he wrote that in the, uh, the mid-2nd century. Um, and he also details many of the beliefs of Christians during that age, and you'll see that these beliefs mirror exactly what is said uh, by Catholics, um, such as obeying the bishop, um, that the Eucharist is not just normal food, but, you know, uh, uh, his body and blood. Um, I, I would look at that for, you know, for some more historical backdrop, 
especially as it's before uh, the Council of Nicaea. Um, and another thing I would search for is the, uh, the anti-Nicene Fathers. And that's not anti like A-N-T-I, I'm saying uh, A-N-T-E, uh, before. Uh, I would look into the, the writings of those church fathers, like uh, Tertullian, uh, Origen, uh, Irenaeus, St. Irenaeus of Lyons, uh, probably the best one to look at, St. Ignatius of Antioch, and then maybe compare what was said there to some of the later councils, well, really the first councils, but the councils that were held later, like Nicaea and Chalcedon, and um, and see how that compares to what these fathers like Irenaeus and Polycarp and Ignatius were were describing. And then, then I mean, then the onus will be on you to to be like, well, is, is this worthy of faith? Is this is this worthy of putting my trust and faith in, and uh, at the end of the day, it, it has to be, you know, your decision, Kurt. Um, that, that'll have to, to ride on you then. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a heavy a heavy backdrop. Thanks, man. I just, uh, it's not like eternity is in the balance or anything. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, there's so much. I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. But, uh, we got about we got about two minutes, so I'll, I'll we got about two minutes, so I'll give you the final thought. Well, okay, um, they, you know, and I and absolutely when I when I say I'm going to look into these things, like they're all things I'm familiar with, just not maybe in depth to have a real intelligent conversation about. So that'll be something that I definitely endeavor mm-hmm. to go ahead and do. Um, also, yeah. uh, though, like as a final thought, number one, like I'm super excited to be able to speak with you on this topic because of your depth of knowledge on it. It's just not something that is commonplace. So I hope everyone who's listening really uh, places a high value on the kind of information they're getting from your station because it's not just a Catholic guy telling us why Catholicism is the way, you know, but it comes from a, a real obvious, apparent, uh, deep level of understanding research. And so you're not just leading with your heart, but also with your head, and that I think is is a very is a rarity and of high value in today's environment. Um, I do come from a camp of thought that puts unity far above doctrine, perhaps to my error, and I believe that a unified church is of much greater value than a doctrinally correct church, and and that would be I guess maybe at some later date a good place to pick up a conversation. On, on something maybe along the lines of qualification for salvation. What is it that gets you into heaven? Because um, at the end of the day, as we all endeavor to live out a good life, a, a upright life, and as we all endeavor to get it right, you know, because that's what we want to do. We want to we do this right. Um, I think at the end of the day, we also understand that this is a matter of eternity, right? You know, a matter of final destination and absolutely and so i absolutely think it would be really cool to also continue because yeah to continue that conversation uh, at some time on that on that point of and that would seem like the next logical place to go is you know what is salvation and, and how do we get it and what what is the prerequisites for it but with that said i really thank you for uh, allowing me to take the time to ask these questions of you and for the depth of your answers 
No problem, no problem. I hope I wasn't too verbose, and I, I, I apologize if it felt like I was going on and on. I, I really, I, I thank you for the the kind words, Kurt. Um, and uh, you know, I'll pray for you, and please keep you know keep me in your prayers, me and my family. Uh, you know, because we're you know we're in this together. You know, you're my brother in Christ, and um, you know, I think we want we we want to both see each other in heaven, and um, I, I think that you know going into maybe. At another time, more on salvation. That, that'd be that'd be great, uh, a great discussion to get into. And maybe I could do something like that in, in, in the near future. And I would love for you to uh, to call in again. Uh, you can do an interview at some. And the last thing I'll I'll leave you with is I, I know I give you a long reading list, and <laughs> so I don't expect you to go through all that immediately. Um, but one one thing to start off with one one solid article I can I can think of right now. Um, if you Google, there's a website, Catholic365, the number's catholic365.com. Um, if you go there and search or do a Google search for uh, window dressing, um, I had written an article on doctrinal differences and um, how they may be perceived as window dressing. And I think that could be maybe a uh, maybe dovetail into a future conversation between us Um Maybe if you wouldn't mind taking the time to read that, um, and then maybe call back with any questions you might have, and maybe uh, we can we can start a conversation on that at some point. That sounds fantastic, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Okay. All right. Well, it's been great. Thank you so much, Kurt, uh, for your time and, and getting interviewed. And uh, thank you to everybody listening. Uh, Kurt, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll call you right back after I hang up. Um, but everybody, thank you again. For listening uh, to our first interview here on Ask Catholic Dude, we'll we'll try to do more of these in the future. And uh, again, happy Father's Day to others out there. See you later, everybody. Take care. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.